Well, hello there. It hello. is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast with Rochelle and hello. Carter. And Rochelle saying hello. A many, lot. Many, uh, many times. Yes, many times. <laughs> I wanted to give you an update, Rochelle. Uh, I know that since uh, hockey season was postponed. Oh, and I've missed it here in Houston where we have an incredible hockey team. We, we don't have a hockey team. We used to. Yeah. Uh, but the nobody had seen the Zamboni driver. Oh. Um, apparently he's been missing, but, uh, one person said, don't worry. I'm sure he'll resurface eventually. Oh, that's interesting. So that's, um, you know, it's interesting. If you yeah. have trouble, um, in conversation with him, he knows how to break the ice. Oh, he knows how to break the, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty good. You know, you want him on your team. Yeah, you do. Cause he, he always goes for the goal. Wow. He always goes for the goal. Back, know, back and forth, goal to goal. He's an anthem every single time he hits the ice. Oh, what is that? It's Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. Is that right? How long are we going to mm. go? <laughs> I, I don't want to skate around it anymore. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about uh, spiritual things of what we're going through. and Or just share really bad jokes. That, and, and we add jokes on top of jokes. Which, sometimes. honestly, it feels like oh. church service, regular church service. Our pastors are so good at dad jokes, aren't they? They are. <laughs> Sometimes it's the pastor that shares the, the story that's a little too long. Just a little. <laughs> hey, let's get back to the Bible. That's too long of a story. You know? Um, no, this is honestly, we've we've been chatting about this one all morning. Uh, it's a very interesting, serious topic about crisis of faith. Recently, there's been some people in Christianity, some some bigger names that have come out and said, I don't believe in God anymore. Mm. Just don't believe it anymore. Yeah. And I think that that has always been, I think it's come a, regardless of where you're at in your faith, unless you just came to faith yesterday, which awesome. Welcome mm -hmm. to it. Um, that you've had those thoughts maybe before of, well, if, if, if I don't believe that, then what would happen if I didn't believe this? And, and so-and-so was the person who brought me to Christ and I found out they had an affair. What am I supposed to do with that? This crisis of faith that I think everybody has gone through. Can I just say the first example of doubting Jesus uh, after Jesus had risen from the dead, the most popular example mm -hmm. would be Thomas. Yeah. I don't know if he was the first one because, you know, the women went to the tomb and they saw that Jesus had risen and were told by the angels that he'd risen. Some of their statements were even confusing. In some one gospel, it says that they that somebody has taken him and I don't know where he is. And mm. another one was like, oh, you know, the angels told us this is what's happened. So there was confusion. and. Uh, Peter and John didn't know what to believe. They didn't believe it. And when they ran to the tomb and they saw that he was gone, they obviously knew that something had happened. Yeah. But were confused until Jesus presents himself and they're like, oh, okay, for real though, he's alive. And then Thomas. And Jesus doesn't come into the place and condemn the doubt. He allows the moment to happen and says, listen, I want you to know that there are going to be people that follow you who are blessed because they will believe without having to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he lovingly allows Thomas to put his hands right there where Jesus had the nail scars and in his feet and in his side. So I, I love that. And I also think it's interesting what happened after the disciples were confused and struggled with doubt. They stayed banded together. And so I want to encourage you, if you're going through a, a stage of doubt right now, first of all, you're not the first person to follow Jesus and have doubts. There's some prime examples, and a lot yeah. of those fellas helped write the New Testament, okay? Yeah. But, um, so you're in good company. 
But I love the example that they gave us by staying together. So stay with people who are of faith. And I think they will help feed your faith in those moments of doubt. And you'll witness their testimony. Mary saw Jesus right in front of her. He was the first one to present himself to, uh, to her, right? That Wait, did that make sense? She was the first person to see Jesus after he was risen. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So they, they allowed her to stay, obviously, in the group. And they heard from her, even if they called her what she shared outlandish. You know, I, you can feed off of the testimony of others in those moments until it, Jesus brings clarity in the confusion. So what would you say if somebody said, I have, um, I go to a church or I'm a, I'm friends with a, a person or a group of people. Just pray harder. Just pray harder. Is that what the friend is saying? Yeah. Well, that's what the friend is saying. I would, I would really tell them to get new friends in yeah. the church. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause if somebody comes to me and I tell them my struggle and their first comment is kind of a blow off, pray harder. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like you're in in the the depths with me. Mm. I need somebody who's been in the trenches of doubt to mm-hmm. to pray alongside me, to talk with me. Um, because if you haven't found that person in your church, that that doesn't mean that the person who told you to pray harder isn't a good and sincere person. It just clearly they haven't struggled in that area. Well, or you need to find somebody who struggled in that area. And that's a good point too. But I think, or, um, because I, I'm like this in this category, as well as other things. I know that, um, you know, uh, my, my wife and I were, were chatting recently about an important issue just in our family. And, uh, she started to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know, you know, we're not supposed to worry and all that, but she was concerned about it. And I didn't even want to like, nope, nope, don't even want to go there. Don't even go there. I probably wasn't even as uh, as friendly as I should have been mm-hmm. because or as compassionate as I should have been, because no, if you're going to go there and then I'm then I'm going to go there in a bad way. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I could see it also where if you have a friend that's doubting and you're like, I want nothing to do with that because I don't want to go there myself. I can't think about that. I, I just can't do it. Yeah. For, well, forgive me if it sounded harsh. What I said it doesn't mean you defriend them. Well, sure. But you find someone who can relate. But I but I agree with you. So she may have reached out to her mom. Did your your wife reach out to your mom? Her mom? Her mom? What? Like you said Kelsey was struggling uh-huh. and you weren't really wanting to go there with her. So who did she reach out to? Uh, I think I just came around. <laughs> 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 no, I, it was I think it was about selling her house and so it was just this concern that's like oh, okay. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't worry about something that's not there, you know, but what I what I needed to do in that moment and that this is my wife so it's a different situation. Sure. It's just is still try to be there. But but I do think with mm-hmm. what you're saying about getting new friends, if it's somebody that is a holier than thou type of person and and just going to continue to put up this facade. Well, you just need more faith. Yeah. That, that's another platitude that I think we hear a lot in the church. And it again, it doesn't mean that it's not coming from a sincere place because maybe they've struggled in their faith and they're telling you this is what's worked for me. Mm-hmm. But again, I have heard that so often in the church that it does come off as just a saying as opposed well, to something that people have really experienced and understood. Yeah. And case in point, one of the the, the people that uh, big names in Christianity right now that I think he, he said something to the effect of, you know, talking to those people 
and it's just a tradition and it's I'm paraphrasing, but it's not a normal way that people talk. You know, mm-hmm. you go to this building and well, hedge of protection, I'm blessed. And, you know, and, and dealing with that when it's like, no, 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 I'm dealing with real life here. I don't want this this Christian facade. Sure. And so I, th- I think it is important to be real and to be able to, as best we can, try and answer those hard questions. But I think also at the end of it, uh, to to say that I when when it comes to doubt and why you know why does God allow cancer why does God allow and can things I just like that? insert something because I think anybody listening right now who may have ever uttered hedge of protection uh-huh. there might be cause of offense right there and that's not what we're talking about that means something to you because you've experienced uh, maybe the translation of that terminology in the church and so it's like oh no I understand what that means to me from a biblical perspective. But if somebody coming into the church fresh hears terms like hedge of protection and does not understand, it may throw them off a little bit. So that that's what we're talking about. People who are newer to the church and, and um, or maybe have heard these kinds of things, but nobody's ever taken the time to kind of explain. This is what I mean when I say dot, dot, dot. I think what he was kind of saying is there are people that grow up in the church that just say it. Okay. That, that's the thing. I think... Mm. I, w- because I think, they heard it said, and that was the example put out yeah, for them, but they don't really it's just this thing. follow the leader instead yeah. of knowing the leader. That's why I personally don't like things like that, that that I can't be authentic with, uh, just because it's like, not nah, hey, whatever you say, if you're meaning it, kudos to you. But I, I think that it's where he was getting it is just this this church culture rather than authentic, authenticity with Jesus. Sure. And so... I, I think when it comes to that, when it comes to those serious questions that some of your friends, maybe you've dealt with before of why does God allow cancer? Why does, why, you know, why does 9-11 happen? Why are there wars? Why can't God just heal everybody right now? I think I, I have gotten myself to a place where I have to be okay saying, I don't know. Yeah. And, but I trust because it comes down to some, to two things really yeah. that either this world was created by chance or that a, a loving God created us, and there are so many things to point to of why there is a creator of this world. Well, and I think it's more than just a loving God. He's a perfect God. Mm-hmm. And perfect encompasses what perfect love looks like, to be just. Um, all of these things that sometimes uh, doesn't give a warm, fuzzy answer. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Carter and I were talking about that this morning. It's like, how could a good God allow these bad things to happen. And what we define as good is a human definition of good. Mm -hmm. But the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And if he allows it, there is some purpose in it somehow. And he will use it somehow for his kids, for those who are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus, he will use it for good. So you deal with chronic illness and pain. I don't know why that has not been taken from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have heard tremendous stories of where people have been in the midst of that kind of pain and have been able to be an example uh, of God's mercy and grace to others around them. And they've been able to to minister even in their tremendous pain Uh I, I don't understand it, but I know that the Bible is also clear through the Apostle Paul's writings of now I see through a glass darkly, which basically means there's a lot of stuff I don't have a clue about, mm-hmm. but one day I will know in full. 
And so just like any, and I've said this often, a judge, a good judge will hold those accountable for their crimes. Um, when things happen in this world, it is a broken world. We unfortunately will reap the consequences for actions uh, because it's broken. We'll talk about your, I think you had a really good, when we were just t- chatting this morning, um, a really good, because I've had people say, you know, how can you sit here and say that that God is good or that God is real when uh, children have cancer? Um, and 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 the, just these awful things that I'm still going to say I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I think you had a really good analogy about the painting. So, okay, if I create a painting, because I like to draw and mm-hmm. I like to paint, I create this painting and it's beautiful and somebody comes along and slaps food all over it, mm-hmm. the painting is never going to be the same. Now, I can wipe it clean, mm-hmm. but it will still... There, there was destruction that took place there. Mm-hmm. The only way to make it perfect again is by taking it and putting it aside and starting over. And so the Lord has given us this incredible way of wiping the slate clean through Jesus Christ in the blood of the lamb, the perfect lamb that was slain for me on the cross. That is how I'm wiping my slate clean. However, the, it's never the, going to quite be the same until we get the new the newbie, if you will, uh-huh. the new kingdom will come as the scripture talks about. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's one way of looking at it. But plus, I also look just like I, I suggested, you know, with the disciples who were struggling with doubt at the beginning, they were able to kind of feed off the testimony of those who had seen Jesus after his resurrection. Like the two guys walking to Ephesus, or excuse me, Emmaus. Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were walking to Emmaus and on the road to Emmaus, there Jesus shows up. You know, they don't even know it's him until later. They're having dinner. And then they run back to tell the disciples, he's risen, he's risen. You know, in those moments, like the disciples are serious, are you serious? So if you're struggling, feeding off the witness of others is fine. And so I invite you to check out the story of one Stephen Curtis Chapman. How do you lose a child and still maintain faith? Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen not only lost a daughter, but it was his precious son who accidentally took her life mm-hmm. with a vehicle. How does one work through that? Yeah. And still at the other side, find grace and peace and faith. Well, he has because he's tapped into what Jesus has through only his spirit. Mm-hmm. Only the Holy spirit can give Toby Mac, his child, 21 years of age, gone has died. And still to be able on the other side of this grieving process, which I know he would tell you, I'm sure Stephen would tell you they're never fully going to be, you know, the, there's healing that's take place there, but just like healing, you you still have therapy after a major accident, right? Mm-hmm, Your mm-hmm. wounds may have healed from the outside looking in, but you know, you're still physical therapy is involved. This is going to be a process that will take them all of their life until we find full healing in the arms of Jesus after we've passed from this life into the next, right? So there are going to be things we can't explain, but I do, I do know that we have to lean on not our own understanding. It tells us in Proverbs on his understanding, and then he's going to make these paths straight. It doesn't mean they're going to be easy. It just says straight. Yeah. We'll have some clarity, but it ain't going to be easy. And so I think people want cookie-cutter, fun, easy answers, easy bake-oving answers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, we have to be there. We got to know, we got to get to know the chef, and we got to figure out, oh, this is going to process here. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I remember the day that my mom uh, dropped me off for college um, 
and she packed my lunch and she and then she t- came back and tucked me in. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I remember into my laundry. I, that's it. Well, that was that was true when I come back from school, come back every weekend. Um, that feeling where I had grown up in this house with my mom and dad, I'm an only child and they'd always been there. Of course, I'd been away for from for camp and for, you know, spending the night with a friend or something. But uh, it was that moment when she left and I'm in that dorm room going. This is this is this is interesting. I don't I don't have anywhere to be. I could go to a restaurant I could sit here for the next week. School hadn't started. School was a week from starting. I I could do anything. But I'm also like kind of freaked out. I'm on my own. And it really reminds me of, of a day, I think later that semester, perhaps the next year, where it was that realization of, of right after I think that I had walked out of a, a, a college a church service and I got in my car, I'm sitting there alone and I'm just going, there's a real choice here for me. Do I believe this or not? Do I believe what I've been spewing yeah. for 18, 19 years? Yeah. Um, or do, 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 I, do I continue to go with that and seek authenticity or do I go away? And, I, and it just hit me. It didn't take, you know, but a few moments. Uh, and it's still a little, a little freaky when you, you think about it, that you just have this ultimate choice. Do you believe it or don't you? Um, but I realize there is too much, there's too much of twofold. One is the history of you. You see that we have more fragments of scripture than we do, uh, from, uh, what's the, the Greek guy's name? Uh, Plat, uh, Plato, Plato or home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have, we just put Plato in this Renaissance textbook in college and high school. And we go, that's fact that happened. We have more fragments of the new Testament by a hundred or a thousand than we do of Plato. And yet for some reason we accept him as fact. And then people question the new Testament. It's, it's fascinating. Um, but also the things that God has done for me personally. And mm-hmm. I think I talked about it a week or two ago about how I was struggling with something. My old youth minister came to town. He was going to this conference. He invited me to go along. And the speaker that night spoke on what I was struggling with, mm. you know, stuff like that, yeah. that I, it's, it's twofold for me. There is the history that you can yes. look to and there is what is God has done has done for you that is not a coincidence. And you, you got to realize there are going to be doubts and there are going to be things that we don't have the answers to. But in a crisis of faith, you, you cling to what you truly know. And and in the future, you might convince yourself. I've told my high school students this before. You're going to get to college, have a crisis of faith and look back and go, oh, it's dumb. Remember when I went to church? You know, or people are going to make fun of you for being raised in church. But you, you're going to look back because I was with them in the high school days. I was going, you remember right now that you just had this incredible retreat weekend and you're all telling me about how God worked. This is real. Yeah. This is really happening right now. So 10 years down the road, don't look at it, look back and go, Oh, I thought, I thought that I was, I got all emotionally high on this and mm-hmm. no, this is happening. Write it down. Write it down. So that, yeah, it, the olden days they put up like stones and stuff. An Ebenezer. An Ebenezer stone. So that's that right. They wouldn't forget. And I think that's really good. Um, it's, it's such a sad thing that we, uh, okay, so let's talk about just for a second, when you feed off the testimony of others, here's what can tend to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll put people up on pedestals. Oh yeah. And then when they fall from that grace place, <laughs> because they've done something wrong mm-hmm. or they said something that I don't feel like that's real or right. Then all of a sudden it makes you question everything you've ever gleaned from them. And 
we should never have put them up on the pedestal in the first place. Right. So instead of seeking after that person's faith, I need to be seeking God. Yeah. And I think that's a big difference. If I am seeking him, the person of Jesus Christ, who God is, because he says, when you've, se- you've seen me, have I been with you so long and you didn't know, you don't know me? Mm. I'm right in front of you. That's what Jesus said to the disciples because they were asking him, what's the father like? When you've seen me, you've seen the father, mm. he said. And so I want to seek the person of Jesus Christ, not Carter's faith, mm-hmm. not, you know, for these young people in your world, for my children, not mommy's faith. Can that help um, empower or ignite or can that help inspire? Absolutely. I mean, right. but you don't think that Michael Jordan was like, I want to play basketball exactly like whoever it was that he idolized. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Will Chamberlain. I don't know. I don't know enough athletes. He wanted to be his own person on the court. God wants to show you what he, who he is Mm -hmm. to you. And it's going to look a little different because Peter preached a little different than Paul, you know, and you know that John was known as the guy who was loved and Peter was the guy who was the rock. And then, you know, there were the, anyway, so each of them had an individual experience with Jesus and when I had heard about this encounter or this, this one gentleman who was like, I no longer believe in God. And he shared moments that he had had uh, with his, his pastor family. Like, I think his dad and his father-in-law, is that what you said? Uh, no. Which one? What was this? This is the gentleman who said he doesn't believe in God anymore. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, sorry. There's a couple of them that come to mind. Uh, it was his father-in-law. Okay. He was and a he, pre- preacher. And who was also a preacher. And he's, you know, he, I guess he had been told multiple things of how to restore your faith. You just need to go back to the original text, go back to the original text. And and look for it in Greek. In the Greek language, which is how it was originally written. So you, you know. can translate it because there's been so many versions. And uh-huh. So maybe you're confused by certain things that you read in scripture. And so he said, uh, he said, well, if I get to the Greek and I don't agree or believe with that, then, then what do you have? And the pastor, his father-in-law said, well, I don't know. And this individual said, exactly. So that was kind of what sealed the deal for him in terms of like, I feel like it was a big moment. At least I have all these questions Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I've gotten the right answers. And here are these people close to me and they have strong faith and they should be able to help me. And I think there's so much more than just even the translation of the actual words. You also have to go to context and that might, if you're in a place right now of confusion, that would help you to seek out context yeah. for the passage that you're questioning. I know one of the passages this particular gentleman was struggling with was uh, female leadership in the church. Mm-hmm. Paul was very clear in one of his letters in the New Testament that women should not have this place. And this is a whole debate, and I'm not going to remotely get into it, but there is a very reason why he specifically wrote this to this particular church because there was a struggle there. Because the men were being lazy. <laughs> so... There's very specific reasons why scripture was written and why even sometimes it even could appear to uh, contest itself. It'd be like, well, that doesn't match what this says. And this doesn't match what that says. There's a reason for that. I mean, honestly, if you took me out of context last week from even this week, you could even think I'm contradicting myself. Right, right. If you knew the context, it changes things, right? Yeah. So I think that is helpful. But also, if you do not like that answer, then look for more and look for it in the person of Jesus. And mm-hmm. Jesus, when he says, you ask for wisdom, I will give it. It is a promise. It may not come 
like that. But you also have to open yourself up to things that may not feel good. I yeah. might not. I might mm-hmm. not like the answer that I get. I, I think that's that's very true. I um, w- this individual that we're referring to, he talked a lot about the church culture and not necessarily feeling um a place there. Uh, even though I think he had grown up there, and and I I think my response to him would be, um, we potentially this evangelical world may put God in a box. And I, I watch a show like the chosen or even just read up on the history of what the Pharisees were like and what, it, and they, 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 th- in fact, what one comes to mind from the show, the chosen that, uh, uh, Nicodemus. Zac- Nicodemus, I almost called him Zacchaeus. Um, the, he, cause he was in a tree the whole episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Nicodemus says he, they're studying these scriptures and there's, there's these rigid rules and rigid laws and this how is written. Mm-hmm. And he says to one of his counterparts, what if God is way bigger and more beautiful than what we have written down here? What if it was something we couldn't even imagine? I'm counting on it. Counting on it. And I think a lot of the times, even in today, we've gone to this, this is the way church is, the way church does. And, and even what we were talking about earlier, this is the way church, you talk at church, had your protection and things like that. And I, I think when you say, there, there's two things when it comes to people that come to mind. One is, I, I think... There are people that just copycat what other people are doing in the church to make sure I'm fitting in with church. Mm-hmm. I'm fitting in with church culture. I better talk like a Christian, better walk like a Christian, yeah. better dress like a Christian. And I think one to, to compliment you, I think one of the things that, um, you know, a lot of it, it is a, a concerning thing, sometimes a, a worrisome thing to get asked to pray in public, especially when you're not prepared for it. Um, but a lot of people will start end up saying the same type of thing. And I've, I've been guilty of that, too. One thing I like about Rochelle is you'll laugh out loud in the middle of your prayer or you'll, I mean, you'll just, uh, Hey God, thanks for sandals. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You'll just like, yeah, you'll just be, you'll talk like a real person to a real person. Cause that's what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, but that can also be disconcerting for someone who may feel that that's inappropriate, irreverent and, even. And that's a whole thing too. But I, again, I just keeping with this point is mm-hmm. be authentic in your faith. Yes. We, we can talk about prayer later. Um, and how do you do that? Just constantly check in with yourself with God or Especially if, if I have a thought like that person over there whose faith I feel is close-minded. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I start thinking of all the reasons why they're wrong. I can be so wrong in my own spirit and heart towards them. Yeah. Even if my point is right, yeah, I can oh, be wrong. True. And so that's when that's when the enemy loves to find a little bit of a foothold there with pride. Oh, well, I was so much better with my thinking. that, that Well, now I'm not of the spirit of Jesus anymore. I'm in my own place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with my own big head and my own big ego. Lord, I want to stay authentic before you. And that means humble, which means I don't know anything. Like as much Bible studying as we could do, mm-hmm. I, there's a thimble full of knowledge here, period. As opposed to, you know, the giant yeah. ocean who our God is. Well, it goes back to realizing we don't know everything. Yeah. I think the second thing with people is, let's say that person that you look up to greatly as a um, person of the faith. Well, you know, let's just take Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Let's just take, because that's a, a good example for a lot of people. Uh, that if we found out that Billy Graham was a fraud or something, you know, that he didn't believe what he said all these years or yeah. he did something shady. Actually, or... it's true. It wasn't too long before uh, he passed away that it was revealed that he said things behind closed doors with past presidents that he was remorseful for. Okay. And he openly apologized, um, which, wow, I really loved that. I love that his humanity came, it surfaced like that. So that people could see he is not God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. He taps into who God is for forgiveness and knows who he knows what love can look like. And he had this incredible ministry because he was he did that. He tapped into the Holy Spirit, allowed him to be through the person of Jesus Christ. Well, and I guess that's my point of, of whatever. Sorry, that was probably a bad example no, or a good a example. example. I'm glad you brought that up because I think he, he, that's the perfect example. But let, let's just say somebody done messed up and you go, whoa, well, if that's the case, then I don't know if I believe in God. Oh, yeah. People are always going people. Oh, yeah. They're always going to screw up. They're always going to fail in some regard. And whatever, let's just say, I think you had brought up this morning, Rochelle, what my, uh, let's just say, you know, my dad did a great job, my mom and dad both of, you know, uh, presenting who Christ is in our home. And let's just say I found out this horrible secret about him 30 years later. And that may shake you. That may go, Mm -hmm. well, was it all a sham? Was it all a lie? But just because if that had happened and a person screwed up or was lying through their teeth the whole time, if you've really experienced God and you know he's real, what a person's actions are has nothing to do with the existence of God. No. It has zero to do on whether God is real, even if we highly looked up to them. God, you've experienced God on your own. It doesn't matter what other people do. No. No, I'm trying to imagine anything that you've created in your life. And by created, I mean like, I don't know, something you did in shop class. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that is something you created, and then it somehow denounces that you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This ashtray. Right. This, I don't know, this box, because everything becomes an ashtray is what I understand in shop class. I just imagine the ashtray (laughs) smoking. You know what? You're not real. Yeah. And then you're going, no, but I, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, Don't let the other ashtrays tell you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this ter- might be the weirdest analogy that we've ever done. That may be the weirdest analogy, yeah. but seriously, I mean, that, but that's how how ridiculous it sounds. It has been even cleared by science. Some scientists would tell you, no, no, but like so many learned people, mm-hmm. you cannot get something out of nothing. Yeah. And so yeah. there was this burst of energy and a lot of people refer to it as the big bang and then from that point of energy, things came into being. It has I, been mapped out. It is a proven thing with science. I think scientists have told us a lot of great things on the how. Oh, yeah. I so, think we've heard a lot of great things on the how. The question now is the who. Mm-hmm. And the importance is, is that I discover more and more about who. And that's who he is. That's who God is. And Jesus is all about it. He's like, ask, seek, knock. If you, if you're curious, ask me. Mm-hmm. He is not going to be shaken by your doubt yeah. at all. He walks straight up to Thomas. Dude, put your hands right here. Put them in, in the nail scars. Put them in my feet. Put them in my side. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. If you're struggling with doubt, you're in good company. But seek the one who sought you first. We would love to pray with you too. If um, if you found us just on, you know, podcasts or Spotify or whatever, uh, welcome first of all. But we kind of this podcast lives at hopeondemand.com, and it's a great resource of all sorts of things, including articles like this of you know crisis and faith. Uh, but also, you can uh, send your prayer request, pray at hopeondemand.com, and and whatever it is, if it's doubt, we'd love to pray pray with you for that. Oh my goodness! And then, like Carter and I have shared, we both dealt with it. So I mean, we. I, yeah, I'd be a hypocrite if I was like, oh, I've never doubted. Yeah, that's right. In my life. With a British accent. I like your accent, too. <laughs> <laughs>